Hey everybody, I'm Tom. I'm Tucker. And today on The Undesirables, we have a special guest for you. I'll let you introduce yourself. I'm Lucy Sweetkill. I am a professional dominatrix and sex educator in New York City. Awesome. It's nice to have you here. Thank you. Thanks for being here. That's very fun. That is like a fun job title. Do Do you have a business card that says that? No, I don't. You're missing a real opportunity. My, no, my, biz, my business card is actually very, I do have one. Yes. And it's just very clean. It okay. just has my initials, LSK, and it has my website. That's all. That's it. So is I your, like the mystery. Keep it subtle. Yeah. <laughs> is your, like, God-given Christian name Sweet Kill? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so... Um, as you know, my last name is not Sweet Kill. Maybe I should get it legally changed. That'd be great. But I actually chose that name because I'm a bit of a comic book nerd and hey. an anime oh. nerd. And I wanted a last name that is not a name that you would use, but people would recognize that also kind of gave me a super villain, superhero persona. <laughs> yes, 100%. Agreed. Yeah, and Agreed. that's exactly what... <laughs> I am as you know a dominatrix. There is that superhero, supervillain persona, good cop, larger bad than cop. life. Yeah, <laughs> and that kind of fantasy. Mm-hmm. And I was totally in. You know, I would like when I was a kid, I would just kind of like lose myself in comic books. And so I always wanted to be like a superhero. And but I also loved like the supervillains, like the you know Catwoman and all of right. that. And so that's what happened. I see when how I Catwoman could translate. Yeah. So that's how I kind of created like <laughs> We're talking my, like my Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean that is right. like fetish no. dream true <laughs> right there. Let's never talk about the Halle Berry one. <laughs> right? Thank you. <laughs> it never existed. Yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer yeah. was the only one that existed. As well as, as, as the as Ben know. Affleck anything. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Let's really get into how good Anne Hathaway did right now. <laughs> yeah. Barely a Catwoman. Catwoman. Was yeah. she Catwoman? She was Catwoman? But- I, I, I listen, thought we were all on the same level of knowledge. Tell <laughs> yes. So. All right. Well, that's very cool. Can you describe to me a little bit more about like what is what is it like to be a dominatrix? And like, what I, I'm I'm coming from a very I don't know. I don't I don't want to use the word ignorant, but like I don't know that much about it. Yeah. Well, I think that's a kind of good way to to state it. If mm-hmm. you don't yeah. know. Then just say you don't know and say, you yeah. know, I'm coming from a place where I don't know and so mm-hmm. I'm asking. And that's actually a very respectable way of hey, coming. Great. To Tucker, me. you gave me a look. <laughs> no, I was just letting you. <laughs> <laughs> just let me dig that hole. <laughs> because I get it. Most yeah. people do not come across, you know, it's not a, a typical job title that you come across. Mm-hmm. And so I get that coming across a dominatrix will come with a lot of like question marks (laughs) Um, and that's okay a dominatrix is kind of a mix of many things for me personally you know i'm a sex worker in the sense that i deal with sex and sexuality Uh but i don't have like penetrative sex i don't have you know conventional sex okay right but I do Neither with, do we. Yeah. <laughs> In the classic the Same page, right? <laughs> but I deal with sexuality, and mm-hmm. I more than anything deal with unconventional sexuality. Um, uh, being a dominatrix is a combination of dealing with unconventional sexuality, like 
having certain kinks, having mm, certain yeah. fetishes. I also deal with uh, power dynamics. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a big part of what BDSM is, is kind of the dominant submissive dynamic. Mm -hmm. So I deal with that. And a lot of times I always say I am a therapist in many ways. <laughs> <laughs> that is quite a therapy session. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very, for most people, it's very therapeutic in different, you know, in a lot of capacities. So I am... A lot of ways a therapist. I'm a is life it, coach. Is it a lot of talking? Um, yeah, there is really? a lot I, of talking. I would assume, yeah. It's a lot of communication. It's a lot about getting people to communicate their interests, their kinks, their fears, their desires. Their You're like playing a role in yeah, those too, and right? Consent uh -huh. and like Naturally, yeah. knowing how to communicate their fantasies, which can be very scary, especially when the world around you tells you what you're into is bad mm -hmm. yeah. and recognizing that and being able to just verbalize that. So there's a lot of like, I deal with a lot of shame reduction, like mm. it's okay to be into this thing, oh. just you know, you have to yeah. be able to verbalize it, verbalize it to me, verbalize it to your partners. Or, you know, so there's a lot of that yeah. in it that people don't realize. It's not just all chains and whips. Yeah. Right. Um, there's actually not that many chains and whips, if you oh, think about it. Because... The, first, the first of many myths to Myth spell tonight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so... How many chains and whips are there then? Well, I have... I guess after well, the if first I actually... one, you don't really I actually could count how many chains I have. <laughs> because I have a wall of chains. A wall of chains. A wall of chains. Yeah, it's more... Dec it's not decorative. I definitely use them, but it's made to look... Decorative. I love that you can say that you have a wall that's not decorative. Like this, this wall of chains is not decorative. Like mine, my wall of chains, that's decorative. Is this... For, uh, hold the phone. <laughs> Where's that in the apartment? Uh, I have a different closet you don't know about. <laughs> he has his kink closet. But yeah, so being a dominatrix is a... You know, it encompasses a lot of things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, like any job it can be much more complex yeah. you know like if you're a chef you don't just make one thing you can make a lot of things you could work in a lot of different types of cuisines mm -hmm. you can also run a restaurant you can also teach people yeah. how to cook you can you know it's right. also about managing a team of people you know so there's a combination of roles you play in whatever job you do sure it's the same exact thing. Gotcha. As a dominatrix, there's not just one way of doing things. There's a million of different ways of doing it. Do you have like, like essentially like a menu to keep up with that? No. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, for me, like every pro-dom has different things they're into and different specialties. Um, Real quick. Pro-dom. Professional dominatrix. Cool. Great. Yeah. Carry on. The little, to say professional dominatrix <laughs> nice, nice, nice. every single time is really long. So, <laughs> I felt um, you know, Yeah, yeah. Or, I, was, yeah. Or I dom, felt Tucker getting very Yeah, or pissed. dom, you know, or domina is a really short version mm. of dominatrix. Dominant. Or dominant, yeah. you know. So it's just kind of an easier way of saying okay. Thank some you. of these words. Just learning the lingo. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of lingo. <laughs> Lots of lingo. Yeah, so it... It encompasses many things, and all of us kind of can have our own specialties and things we're known for. What's your specialty? So for me, I would say my specialty is I do a lot of um, training, and that means a lot of things. So I do a lot of submissive training, slave training, hmm. 
And so I get, so I kind of go deeper, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not what some people consider a service top, which is someone who can play a top role. Like if you have a top and a bottom, you know, someone who kind of does the things and someone sort of who receives yeah. the items, you can be a top that is just playing that role, uh-huh. you know, where you're doing it because you're, the other person likes it. So, but it may not be something you're natural at. It may be just, okay, because I'm just taking this position for the moment, right? Right. And then there are people who are very dominant, and that's just who they are. That's mm-hmm. more me. Like, I okay. am I am not just the top. I'm a dominant because I take the kind of dominant role constantly. It's not a role I play. It's who I am. Okay. And so I prefer to be in that position. That's very interesting. See, yeah. This is like yeah. my favorite thing right now. Because we, I, <laughs> we um, in doing this podcast, we signed up for like all the apps we could find at first. And mm-hmm. so it was exhausting and a terrible idea. Yeah, I, I went from never having used any of the apps to having like a home screen that was seven or eight apps deep. Yeah. yeah. Just, it was awful. Yeah. I mean, it was overwhelming. Overwhelming. <laughs> but one, the one that uh, we signed up for that was the biggest mystery for both of us, or maybe the biggest adventure for both Whipler? of us. Whipler? <laughs> Hold the phone. <laughs> what is this one? Oh, I <laughs> guess not. Oh, I'm so excited. It's a kink app. It's a kink dating app. Give me two days. I will come in. <laughs> yeah. Just marks on me. We need to have okay. a follow-up. <laughs> um, we we, uh, it was just kinked. There's one called yeah, kink. kinked. Yeah, kinked. Okay, yeah. We signed up for kinked, and I think my, I don't know, I, I've never done any sort of, like, kink play or anything like that, but, so they have, thankfully, have, like, the option of, like, I have no idea, but I'm open to new things. Yeah. yeah. But I was just trying to, like, learn, the like, every fourth word on that app I had to Google. And yeah. so I was learning the role oh, of, Did like, you take the quiz ever? I didn't find the quiz. There was a, I mean, people would, like, screenshot this quiz that would have, like, every single type of kink you could possibly have and your percentage of, like... That seems so handy. Right? It was pretty handy. <laughs> you know? There's handy. a lot of lingo. Yeah, yeah. And it becomes... It can be very intimidating for people. But mm-hmm. the lingo is a little intuitive if, like, you kind of work it out. Like, like yeah. top, bottom, right? right? And switch, I thought, was the fun one Switch is you could be both, you know? Yeah, damn. Yeah, and you can do both, <laughs> you know? Um, or you enjoy both. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not a switch. Mm-hmm. I don't enjoy the bottom role. Okay. You know, I don't like to be dominated. I don't like being in the submissive position. Mm-hmm. I am always a dominant. I'm always the alpha, I, you know, which is something that I always tell people. My job is a product of who I am and not vice versa. Yeah. One thing well, the in the research I did, I, yeah, research, uh, <laughs> was... Uh, Pornhub. Don't. <laughs> Uh, Bud, dude, I've seen your Google history. My man, you haven't. <laughs> uh, was looking up what a dom is and like learning the responsibility that comes with that, and that it is like it's something where you're completely in charge of someone else's like pleasure or pain, and then that like that trust and things like that was just I don't know, like it. What I read was like romanticized in a way. I was like, oh, this is really nice. <laughs> well, it. I think it's funny because there are two things. There are multiple things, not two. Please. There are multiple things that happen. Correct. <laughs> Being a dominant is a lot of responsibility, uh-huh. you know, because you are the one in control. But at the same time, that doesn't mean 
the bottom has no control. They actually have a lot of control and they have a responsibility as well to uphold their own well-being. Mm -hmm. Meaning you can't just be like, well, this person did all this stuff to me and I didn't want oh, it to sure. happen and da 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 and I couldn't yeah. get out of it. You know, like you still have a responsibility as a bottom to communicate to your top right what the hell is going on it's still a dialogue yeah i bet that's a nuanced skill too yeah and so and it is hard because if you are a bottom and even more like there's the differences between a bottom a submissive a slave it's all mindsets right so someone who's a bottom could just be a bottom for the moment mm -hmm. it's not something that you're forever in but if you're submissive that's something that you feel is a, an identity of who you are where you prefer to be in a submissive role mm. and that is not a negative role that doesn't mean you're weak it doesn't mean you're you know should be taken advantage of none of that it's just an identity like you prefer yeah that someone else leads mm -hmm. you know and that's okay that's totally like, okay. For instance, Tucker on a previous episode mentioned that he would not like to be, uh, what was it, lifted up? You would yep. not like to be picked up? Mm -hmm. And I said that I would be fine with someone picking me up or throwing me against a wall or something. Yeah. And you are uh, clearly not a uh, yeah. sub. You know, that's but cool. it's, it's <laughs> kind of like, but that, you know, but those like, little things don't actually make you submissive or not. It's yeah. really kind of a state of being uh -huh. and then there are people who feel themselves and this terminology is very loaded especially the word slave and this is a terminology i tend to use more with white cis men mm -hmm. because it's a terminology that can be used and then it gets into a whole other racial play thing but we're not gonna get into that i've never <laughs> even considered what the racial backdrop yeah. that's a bad move would, yeah would do yeah. To, the, to the role here yeah and so wow. then it gets all right so but so the word slave is a loaded term okay? yeah. yeah but i will still use it because it is a term that a lot of people like to be identified as there are submissive males who actually go a step further in their submission and prefer to be slaves mm -hmm. and in that sense they really want to be owned mm -hmm. by somebody else mm -hmm. they want to relinquish a lot of control they want to kind of be led in so many ways their life dictated mm -hmm. and all that stuff and that's and that's not a negative thing either it's more of just your identity and like any identity it's kind of like this is who I perceive myself to be and this is who I am. Yeah. So people should have kind of the right to be that as long as it's not hurting anybody else or yeah. themselves. And there's always a match, you know, there's always somebody else. It may be hard to find that other person, but there's always somebody else who's going to match your thing. Right. You yeah. Know? And then, that is much more interesting than anything I could say that I've ever done yeah. for a job. <laughs> I was going to say that, but... There are never power dynamics like this. There's never, like, this much to consider. But nah. there are power dynamics in everybody's jobs because you learn See, to... See, this is stuff I can take home. Yeah, because you life. learn to negotiate those power yeah. dynamics very subconsciously, such as dealing with your boss, you know? Then and, I'm a sub. <laughs> so, and how to, how to kind of maybe say things in certain ways to get 
you know, yeah. your voice heard or get a certain way or, mm-hmm. you know, so you're so always is, yeah, dealing like an extension with, of your personality yeah, in some ways. You're always dealing with power dynamics. Yeah. We're just more clear about them gotcha. and we're just more clear about our boundaries and more, it's the know, ultimate culmination of like your personality and your preferences and how you interact with other people. Yeah. You're taking this into like a formalized, very like sexualized, I guess, like setting and just really exploring these dynamics. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's interesting because you get these dynamics, you see them all the time. People just don't recognize mm-hmm. that they see them all the time. And oh, I bet it's like wild being like in your head and like looking <laughs> around at people and like the Whole you Foods. You see the code. Yeah, yeah like you, see, you see somebody get cut in line at Whole Foods and you just see them just like take it or like not. And you're just like, mm, I know. <laughs> I hand this like, person my card. Yeah, it's just like all these power dynamics you see all the time. You see it being played out. We just kind of make it in the forefront and then we put it with something that is that is accessible to everyone your Mm -hmm. sexuality Mm -hmm. right it's the thing that drives you in every aspect of your life if you people think they're removed from their sexuality but you're not like how you say hi yeah how you say hi to someone how do you dress how you present yourself you hold the door yeah like all of it we are using our sexuality in different forms all the time and it is a part of our whole being Mm -hmm. but we like to try to separate ourselves and you know sex is such a weird thing because we have such a limited idea of what sex is sex is not you know, just penetration. Sex yeah. is how you flirt. Sex is how you talk to someone. Sex is how you dress. It's your whole sexuality. So it's, I just it's deal nice in the holistic realm view. of sexuality, which mm-hmm. in turn is just dealing with humans. Yeah. yeah. How did you get into this? I'm so curious. So, yeah. Tuck, Tucker did his his research, yeah. <laughs> and I did not because I just wanted to come in fresh. I am so curious. Like, how? What is like? What is day one? Of like knowing that you might want to get into this, and like what is like day a hundred, and like how how do you what is the career path? Here? Yeah. I don't even so, <laughs> I have, I have no conception. There is no like career path, like anything. Like most of us <laughs> went to college, yeah, and didn't end up doing the the thing we studied, right? Yeah, you know, that's like the, that's I true. have a business degree, yeah. And technically, I, I mean, am in business. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this works out. And but I have my business degree is in marketing and advertising. So mm-hmm. I went into that line of work for a little bit, but in a way, I, I'm still sort yeah. of doing that. But I'm you using those skills. Market advertise yourself. Yeah. yeah. How it all happened was I was already exposed to alternative forms of living. Because, you know, my mother is, she came here during the Vietnam War. She was a single mom with two kids, working her ass off. Mm -hmm. You know, she got divorced in a community you don't get divorced. So I already had a lot of this message of like being a little different, right? Mm -hmm. So I was, then my mother moved to a place where uh, my sister and I were like one of like two other Asian people and everybody else was white. So America. Yeah. Yeah. So now we're even more different. So we learned quickly that we were never going to fit in. Mm -hmm. And so it allowed us to embrace our individuality. Your differences. Yeah. Yeah. So because of that, I got into goth and punk rock music. Mm -hmm. I was a punk Mm -hmm. rocker in high school. Mm -hmm. Can you get the disco punk rock or like my chem punk rock? 
Oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you asked the wrong questions. Yeah, like... <laughs> I tried to relate. I listened to my GBH, like, yeah, crass, yeah. like, okay. old school, cool. 77, you know. Oh, the like real, punk. yeah, the real yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, Whoops. you know. Yeah. <laughs> really missed the boat. So, I had, like, a pink mohawk, you know. Cool. I yes. made my own clothes. And that so, I dope. just embraced all my weirdness. Sweet right? kill was I, born. Yeah. Yes. So, <laughs> I embraced all my weirdness, and I took this in. And so, I was open to alternative forms of, you know, just alternative anything. And yeah. because I, of, I love knowing the ending to a story. Because it ends with like a non-decorative wall of whips and chains. <laughs> so everything but, you're saying is like, oh yeah, yeah, goth. Okay, here we go. Whoops. Yeah. So, but I just kind of like, but I was still a straight A student. You know, I graduated high school when I was 15. Yeah. I went to college wow. early. You know, and so by the books. Yeah. Up. So yeah. I was still very Vietnamese. You know, tiger mom. You know, like I still was like, oh, I'm gonna have pink hair, but I've got to get all those straight A's. You know, and. Um, so it's just like a combination of things of like, that's where I kind of learned to explore. And then at a young age, like the first person I was in love with, who was my best friend, and we were sexual, you know, at a really young age was that communication of like, what happens if I like squeeze your balls? What happens if I bite you really hard? Or mm-hmm. what, you know, and I could explore with him in this yeah. very safe environment and this very like loving environment. And he was just like, sure, try that. That's um, very nice that you guys have that. Right? Yeah. Even, even, I think, even in, like, a loving, committed relationship, it's still sometimes hard to broach the subject of, like, can you squeeze my balls really hard? Yeah. Just, and, I don't know. But see, I think it's harder later on, but when you're young... That's true. Yeah, you don't It's like learning know the language. Anything. Yeah, you don't know anything yeah. else, so you actually don't know what shame you don't is know what yet. Normal, right. Shame oh, comes afterwards, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what I had shame for was different you know like i had different types of shame but sexual shame sometimes happens a little bit later right when people tell you when you're used to normal sex is missionary lights off don't look at each other in the eyes right think of god i didn't have those that shame yet put into me so what i had was here's this person who embraces my weirdness because he's weird so we never even thought it was weird to ask those things, cool. yeah. you know, because that wasn't part of our language. And then I still didn't have the language behind that. I didn't know what that was. I didn't think that was kinky. I didn't think it was, you know, I didn't know. It was mm-hmm. just general sexual exploration, sure. right? And then I moved kind of back up to the Bay Area, which um, is where I'm from. And in the Bay Area, luckily, especially back then, like the 90s, you know, early 2000s, you're surrounded by people embracing their sexuality. You know, you have such a huge queer community and you have a huge trans community. And I was working in kind of fashion and like, you know, I I was a makeup artist when I first was putting myself through college. And so I was doing makeup for a bunch of like cross-dressers who would come in once mm-hmm. a month it was like a group of men who like would come in they kind of had this community of cross-dressers such an interesting life. and so like but i didn't think any of this yeah. was weird because every in san francisco the culture is kind of a lot more embracing right they mm-hmm. embrace individuality and uh, different sexuality and so 
different things would happen. Like I would hang out at Folsom Street Festival, which is one of the largest kink festivals because my friends would work at some of the bars and I never thought it was weird. It was just like a thing you went to. And because of that, like, and I still didn't have the language. I didn't still know like, this is BDSM, this is kink, this is, you know, I Mm -hmm. didn't have anything. It was just part of my norm. Yeah. And so it wasn't until I moved to New York where I started to get the language, which happened because I started dating this guy who, you know, after we started dating, he told me that he was really into kinky sex. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what does that mean? And yeah. he's like, oh, you know, I'm really into like kink and BDSM. And I was like, again, I don't necessarily what know are, what that are those means. letters? Yeah, <laughs> like I don't yeah. know what that means. And then he was, and then he started showing me all this like kink porn that I was into mm. specifically kink.com porn and I was like really fascinated right was it st- stuff that was new for you at that point or was it stuff that was like you're like oh that's I thought that was what everyone did no it was definitely new to uh-huh. me but it wasn't like it was just new all around because kink porn like porn in general is such an exaggeration of what actually happened yeah, it's yeah. literal dungeons and yeah literal, and so yeah. like so it's like way more yeah. intense, you know? <laughs> I found it really fascinating. And he like made this comment. He's like, I think you'd be a good dominatrix, right? And I was like, oh, whatever. And I just didn't think about uh-huh. it, right? But slowly but we, a light bulb was emerging yeah, in your mind. But we started to play. We started <laughs> mm-hmm. to do things like, I asked him, what do you like? And he was like, I really like being choked. And I really like when you being slapped in the face, my hair pulled. And so during our sexual interaction we would try that like and of course try it to where i was comfortable yeah but how hard do you choke someone initially this is my question well and that's the thing it's like says... that can be very dangerous <laughs> yeah, if someone says yeah i like being choked i'm like okay cool yeah i don't want to murder you <laughs> okay well and that leads into why it's important to see a professional so you learn (laughs) how to do these things correctly because a lot of people do end up getting hurt and why it's so important that this information is out there for people Mm -hmm. to do their research to be willing to talk about it to be willing to have that conversation (laughs) because if you don't like you are playing with a lot of dangerous things and it can be really sexy and fun and it can go horribly bad very quickly. And in my instance, I'm very thankful that things went really well because naturally I am a communicator. That's good. But not everybody is. So like for me, I kind of went soft and would always check in with him. And that is what I recommend people doing. Like always check in. Don't just be like full throttle. Let's do this. How do you check in but still stay in the in like the moment. You have to realize that What's checking on, in is sexy and part of the moment. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. First of all, hi mom. Uh, <laughs> avid listener. <laughs> avid listener. Second of all, I've been in a situation. Ugh, great. My mom is listening. Uh, I've been in a situation where in the bedroom that came Which up, bedroom? someone a bedroom. <laughs> don't. Where someone was, she was like, would you choke me? And I was like, first of all, this seems like not the time to bring it up when you're in the middle of intercourse. It doesn't give much time for like, it's like a negotiation. Right. Or just like, oh, I didn't know this was a part of the world at all. Yeah. Uh, And so I was like, yeah, sure. And then you just start, just a hand on the, oh my God, how specific. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You just, you just go real, I went like super light at first and then. Like almost tickling her. 
just like a gentle breeze of a hand. And uh, it's like your hand, the weight of your hand was almost too much. It's warm <laughs> here. Um, no, yeah, it's fine. Um, so, yes. Uh, yeah, and then, I don't know, that just felt like an all-around bad way to present it, where it was just like, there was no immediate... You like having time to prepare. You didn't have time to prepare, really. Like, there was no communication in the moment. It was like an, a, a command, and it was either like yeah. a yes or a no. And then we, when we reached the point where I was not comfortable, I was like, okay, I don't want to do this. And then things, yeah. are, things are done. And that's what, like, what did you, How did you get to that point? Uh, what about it made you too uncomfortable? She kept saying, like, harder? choke me harder. Uh-huh. And then I would get harder and harder until I was like, listen, I don't want to choke you. <laughs> yeah. And that, you know, and that's good that you naturally felt that, because not a lot of people do. Or they just want to please their partner so much they keep going, even mm-hmm. though it's actually unsafe. And like, it's so weird. I try some to people get don't people, have the urge to yeah. stop choking someone. <laughs> well, I just try to, you know, because people get into the moment. I just try to get people to understand that negotiating and consent and all of that mm-hmm. is really hot and really sexy. Like, don't you want someone to be like, fuck, I love when you do this. Right. You know, compared to like, Please don't. Maybe kind of like how is that hot? And like yeah. I want. Don't you want someone to be like yes? Right. This is it. And crossing the line is not, not sexy. Yeah. It does that kills the mood. You can ask like if you're gonna be like I if you're gonna bring it up and if you're gonna talk about it. Yeah. Then you should talk about it in the room and like don't worry about killing the mood. Because yeah. the mood is dead way quicker if a line is crossed. Yeah, and way quicker if someone gets hurt. <laughs> so, you know, like, you start to weigh that out. Oh, is this kind of unsexy because I'm asking for consent or asking how far I can go or, like, what I'm comfortable with? Or is the mood really unsexy when that person ends up in a hospital? Yeah, like, right. Like, you know, we're, it's like... Let's just think about this a little, and it's a, it sounds so obvious, but for some people, they they think like it's so not sexy, but it well, actually is sexy. It feels like you're gonna like have a record scratch in yeah. the middle of sex. You're just like, and then yeah. just uh, just one more time. What's, what's the sound of a record scratching? Or is that a distant cat? <laughs> Ouch! My fully work and it hasn't worked out. Um, no, it's just, it feels like there's just like a record scratch, and then suddenly like the whole room is gonna go silent, and it's like by you checking in, it feels like I don't know, like you've just halted everything, and now you're kind of out of it. Like the mood is this so fragile thing that suddenly like even a moment of reflection will just cause it to crumble around you. And I think people need to get over that. So like yeah. with my partner, kind of bringing back like how we, you know, like. I sort of was your current partner or your ex partner? My ex partner okay. that I was with and kind of exploring these like kinky things that he introduced me as the submissive. I took to them and I enjoyed them mm-hmm. and it kind of awakened this part that I sort of hid inside of me. And then as I've gotten more aware, I've looked back in retrospect, looking back and been like, oh, all these things now make sense. <laughs> um, Unusual suspects. So, <laughs> and so that's the thing that's interesting. And so from him, I happen at a really close around the same time to meet a dominatrix at a bar that I, you know, that kind of struck up a conversation with me. And then so these like messages kept coming at me, these signs, Mm -hmm. right? And so I started to explore it. And so I started looking it up. The Asian in me is like, okay, I need to do my research. (laughs) (laughs) So I started doing a lot of research, reading, reading articles, reading, just reading, 
reading, watching stuff. And then I came across in a kind of an ad saying, you know, Asian dungeon looking for, you know, will train, no experience needed, mm-hmm. must be Asian, basically. And I was like, well, those, I wow. check off all of those. You see Asian dungeon and you run toward it. <laughs> so I was just like, what a strange. <laughs> and so I applied and I met with the headmistress. Do you have to have references to be in an no, Asian dungeon? No, so I... No, not at all. <laughs> Will they call your previous employer? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, it was really interesting and it was scary because I actually told a friend of mine like, hey, I'm going to do this. Uh-huh. I'm going to be here. If I you don't do not back. hear yeah, from I... me in the next like 20 minutes or something. Please come find me. And Cobble. Does your friend go like, don't go to an Asian dungeon. That's no, a my, bad thing. No, my friend was like, <laughs> my friend was like, got it. You know, Great because friend. wow, because or bad the thing is, yeah. it's like a date, right? I'm gonna go see this sure. strange guy exactly. who could possibly be he bigger could have than an me. Asian dungeon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so it's it's no different. It's just precautions that I think any woman has to take no, yeah. when they do anything, right? Yeah, I said this one's advertised as a dungeon. <laughs> yeah, but like for me, I was just kind of like. The dungeon part didn't scare me. The going to a random place that I didn't know more than anything was yeah. a scary thing. Dungeon is a term, right? Yeah, so dungeon <laughs> is a very general term when most places are not actual dungeons in the sense that they're not underground. Right. They don't I'm look like... Yeah, there's they like, call uh, like it metal a dungeon, chains. But a lot of times they don't look like dungeons. So it's made out of a stone. More modern, <clears throat> a more modern term we like to use is play space. Mm. So... It's that sounds. As you, that's much yeah, that's, nicer. That's good rebranding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's much friendlier. Yeah, it's much there, friendlier. There's a focus group. It's for much that. more accurate, though. It's a space you kind of play in, yeah. so you kind of create all kinds of fantasies. How so. do you, is there like a dominatrix annual meetup where you guys decide, like, how does the word spread around? That, you know what, dungeons out. We all <laughs> go with play space. No, because dungeon is still not out. I think it's like any kind of terms, right, and terminology. It changes culturally. Sure. So, like, you would see a dominator just using it, and then you'd be like, oh, that's, like, a good rebranding. I'm also going to use that. Yeah. Okay. In a lot of different ways. Like, some people have used... uh, that's really great. So, a lot of people would describe their domination style as transformational domination. Because it cool is word. because the type of work that they do in their domination has to do more with change and spirituality, has to do with getting people to view kink, BDSM, their sexuality in different ways, and it's not purely like, you know, I'm going to do this thing to you, that is you know. And so, a lot of us who take this more spiritual, holistic side of our domination work have used transformational domination. It's like immersion therapy. Yeah, I mean, and I have done that, you know, um, in the sense that I have seen people who have come to me purely to get over, like, their fear of their own sexuality. Uh They're not kinky, they're not, they don't care about power dynamics, it's not that, that they've actually been referred to me by a therapist because a therapist can't get you know they there's a line that they can't cross that we are able to be more 
hands-on and be more outside of the box mm -hmm. where I've seen people who have fear of just getting nude in front of someone and so it allows them to have exposure with someone who can guide them through like being comfortable in their body mm -hmm. you know and it keeps them from having relationships it keeps them from having sex it keeps them from any of that because they have this deep fear of being judged mm -hmm. of being naked or this deep fear of you know of a lot of things or a deep fear of just expressing what they're into even if it's really simple sometimes i see people just to guide them through that wow. you know let's talk about that or let's do a role play i'm your doctor mm -hmm. so let's do a role play if i'm your doctor you're gonna have to undress so what 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 are you feeling right now undress or take off your shirt first or how does that make you feel like and there's a constant back and forth checking in okay when you did that how did that make you feel and is role play more fun when you're like adopting like a specific role, like I'm the doctor or the... I love role play and I yeah. think everyone should bring it into their <laughs> sex life in it's like improv. form. Because, but I know people get worried. They're like, I'm not a good actor. It's not about being a good actor. No, who's your audience? Yeah. Grammy? Oscar. Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not about that. Like, I love role play because it's just fun to like do something different. And it's like being a kid again, right? Right. Like when you're a kid and I'm like imagining I'm a superhero or imagining I'm this or that it's tap into your you know to your inner child and just let it out it's adult fun right you know <laughs> adult fun is a good tagline for that yeah, yeah. it's adult fun and I think kind of and it's sometimes a safe place for you to explore without being yourself to say like this character wants this mm -hmm. and sometimes that's like the baby step you need to finally be like well you know what's my motivation yeah as, doc, a, as a doctor you know doctor so and so wanted this because i actually want this you know <laughs> so, so like, i'd be the awful type of role player who's like no I, I won't take off my pants you're a bad doctor <laughs> that's that's against the hippocratic you, oath i'm sorry you are what we call a bratty bottom <laughs> <laughs> Yay. I've always called him that, and now I know why. Now you know, yep. <laughs> mm -hmm. What does that mean? <laughs> Braddy Bottoms I've been diagnosed. En enjoys being the bottom role, but likes to kind of be a little feisty in there. Be, you know, be uh, a little... Asshole. Yeah, they like to kind of talk back. They kind of like to yeah. push you because they uh -huh. want the top to, like, push back, you oh, know? We just need someone to hit them. Yeah. <laughs> You, you're gonna by the end. I've been waiting for permission. You're, you're, for me, so long. you're gonna be getting out money. Just like hit him. Just hit him. I can't do it, but you just hit him. Oh. So like, bratty bottoms can be fun if you like. Can be fun. Can be fun because sometimes it's like too much. Like, right. Sometimes have have, it's too much. I have That's to. Heard from I have to have a good rapport with someone to allow them to be a bratty bottom. So yeah. usually I don't deal with bratty. So bottoms. cool it. Listen, yeah. bud. <laughs> But now that now you have a term to call him. That's I you one hundred percent. This is going to. This is, you've improved my Listen, life. You can't hit me though. Still, he hasn't consented. I didn't consent, mm. and that's sexy. You cool it. Okay, so you are uh, you you go to the Asian dungeon. Yeah. And you then... I trained there for a while, 
and I trained others for a while. Uh-huh. And then from there, I went independent. Okay. And um, I went independent, created my own space and with my business partner. And we then kind of grew from there. We kind of created a brand. You know, our brand, La Maison de Rouge, is all about kind of educating people about kink and BDSM, mm-hmm. sort of demystifying, humanizing um, those within our industry and our community, and um, creating just a support system for those in our community as well. Nice. So, do you ever have a boss? Like, do you ever have, like, a boss you have to report to or anything? I like, am the boss. Yeah. But see, that's the thing, is, which is great. It's like, it's a big part of who I was of wanting to work for myself. You know, I've always kind of, you know, my mother owns her own company. Mm-hmm. She owns her own business. She's always, you know, been an entrepreneur. So there was a big part of me, too, that I always wanted to kind of run my own thing. So I get to do that now. Was it like an adjustment for your parents? So the coming so out curious. so the coming out thing is really interesting. <laughs> I think with anybody coming out of any sort of closet, it can be very scary and it's not necessarily something you have to do with everyone. Mm-hmm. So the first person to know that I was interested in becoming a dom or seeking that was my sister uh-huh. and she's my best friend and she her response was Oh, that makes sense. She's, I, amazing. <laughs> that explains the yeah. world. Yeah. 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 So Finally. She was, like, she was like, that makes sense. And I was like, what does that mean? And she was like, you have always been so dominant. You know? <laughs> and so most, so I'm out to pretty much everyone in my life, except for my mother and my immediate family in the sense that, like, um, well, I really just have my mother. She doesn't, you know, I haven't like brought it up to her. But I'm so out that if she came across it, we'll have that conversation when we have that conversation. Like, that's never been part of our conversation. Our conversation has always been, are you good? Are you happy? You know, are you dating someone? Why can't you just get married? Why don't you want kids? (laughs) When the kids come in, are you okay? (laughs) Yeah, so it's not like... You know, it's never about, like, she... It's never, hey, by any chance, are you a dominatrix? Yeah. I just heard some things. Yeah, so she's never been worried about me taking care of myself because I've always taken care of myself. I've always been, like, that person because I'm very much like her. So she's not worried that I wouldn't be able to take care of myself. You know, it's more of the other things that Mm -hmm. moms worry about. She was just like, why haven't you dated anyone for five years, you know? What's gluten-free? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I know. She was like, are you going to come out as well? Because I used to mess with her because my sister's a lesbian. And and so I used to just mess with her and be like, mom, I think I'm going to date women as well. And then she was just like, like, why would you say that and do that to me? Because I'm going to. (laughs) Yeah. And I would just like mess with her. Not to be mean to my sister, but my sister and I would both just kind of mess with her. So she was just... She's just kind of thankful when I'm dating someone because I'm also so independent that mm-hmm. she's just like, please don't die alone. Like, I think that was her biggest fear. <laughs> that's, like, I mean, that's the dream. That's the dream <laughs> yeah, that's, for all yeah. parents. So, you know, if God she knows comes my about, <laughs> like, I have lots of cousins who most probably might come across my Vice episode, might come across other things. Mm-hmm. If it comes across, I'll deal with it then, but yeah. I'm not that worried. Oh. About it. What is it like to date people as a dominatrix? 
very complicated. Which, app, which apps do you use? Apps? Do you okay. use apps? So this is how I go. Do you swipe? Yeah, I do swipe. So this is how I go about dating. All right. I hate dating because right? it can be very exhausting, right? Yeah. Ugh. So every few years I get the urge because I have forgotten the bad experience enough to be like, <laughs> mm-hmm. this might be fun again. <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah. You reinstall Weekly the app. Yes. And, just, oh, and <laughs> I always, yeah. t- and my, my thing is I only do one app at a time because Smart. wow that is a really good strategy actually okay, yeah so i do too. one app at a time because it is also a little bit of just like sanity for me right like, i don't i can't do like two three apps i'm like you oh, know what i'm that, gonna yeah. give this a chance mm-hmm. and if this doesn't go through i'll take, take my break and then i'll try something tears. Else. that's super yeah. smart yeah. right now i have to like reply to people across like four apps right now yeah yeah it's a lot it's a lot and i just I run a business. I don't got time. I've got time. That's a better. I got very little going on. I'm on an app for a week and then I get off it and then I look into a mirror for a week and Mm -hmm, I just mm -hmm. deal with that and then I go back on an app. So I kind of like, it's a strategy. It's a dating strategy and I'm all about strategy. It's go on an app. So the last app I was on, which was last year, which was Tinder and I hadn't been on an app for maybe two or three years it's a big break yeah you a tinder gold person (laughs) i don't know what that means (laughs) do you pay to use tinder no all right cool okay and i got kicked and i got kicked off of tinder so i'll get into that yes (laughs) (laughs) um so i've been on the last time i had been on tinder was maybe four years ago Uh uh-huh so i got back on tinder because one of my friends one of my guy friends was like you should go on Tinder. It's good again. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he's on every app mm-hmm. and is always dating and is all on apps. So I yeah. kind of ask him like, what's going on? Plus I get to look at his apps sometimes, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go on Tinder because mm-hmm. he recommended it. Yeah. Yeah. So, stock in Tinder. <laughs> so I went on Tinder. I have gone through the variations of reveal. I, I'm going to call it that. Okay. So I've started, you know, because I've been a pro dom for a very long time. I started with not mentioning any of that on my Tinder or any profile and just okay. being me. Oh, this yeah. is fascinating. Okay. And just being me. Just and then like the pictures and of, of you at the beach. Yeah. And then just avoiding the conversation <laughs> of the what you do as like work, you know, because uh-huh. everybody always says, what do you do as work, you know? So I just like avoid that conversation until... Like, I had a rule. I don't reveal anything until the fifth date. Okay? Why, number five. Why, why hold off? Because, all right. Also, why number five? Okay, so two things. <laughs> I would hold off because I wanted people to get to know me and not mm-hmm. base everything about me yeah. on my job. Yeah, that's a basic question. Okay. Maybe you're but... ask that. <laughs> and then why five is because that was also my rule before I actually slept with someone. So um, I kind of wanted to be very honest about Do you everything. mention it before or after you sleep with them? Way before. Yeah. Okay. Like, but I had, I have Maybe like, as modern as I am and progressive, I actually have a lot of old school values, like not sleeping with someone until a certain point, you know, getting to know someone and not granted, it's not like I haven't slept with people like on the first date. It's just mm-hmm. more like I had these rules for myself because they helped me function as right. a person. Yeah. 
So I started with waiting a while mm -hmm. and then over time, I just, I started change over time. It's changed, right? Over time, it went from telling people on the third date, then telling people on the first date, then just telling people right away <laughs> wow. because it also got really exhausting right? because I went through different things. Like people find out later on and then they're like, oh, you know, I'm totally fine. I'm totally fine. And then I dated people for a whole year and them saying it's fine it's fine it's fine it's fine and then all this shit's going on and i'm like what what is happening right, right. why are we having all these arguments that were all because actually at the they're end of it, cool it at the end of you know us like at the breaking point they're like actually i'm not okay with what you do and i'm like well maybe you could have told me no kidding like at the beginning yeah, like, yeah. you could have taken a second to really think, think about, about what it is this. i do yeah. and whether you're cool with me doing yeah that. and so it became yeah. like and it was my own acceptance of myself too because i ran through a whole phase of like am i okay with what i do mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. am i gonna get back into fashion am i not what do I feel about it? And I had my own evolution of like dealing with my own shame, with sex work, with all of it, you know, and I had to go through my own, you know, feelings and how I grew up and the messages that I've been grown, uh, been pushed on to me of like, what's right, what's wrong yeah, and what relationships look like, right? Yeah. Where I went from like marriage, monogamy, all this to now I know who I am, which is more of an non-monogamous person who is not looking to get married who doesn't want to have kids and it was like so i had my own evolution on top of dealing with other people's yeah. evolution sure. of understanding yeah. and then trying to educate them while trying to educate myself so there was just like all these this complex awesome. things yeah. yeah and so in the what end what worked best so it, well it got to the point where now i'm just like i was like i don't give a <laughs> yeah, Excellent. that's where all dating apps go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so now, like, because I've gone through so many iterations of how do I manage the what I do for a job, who I am, blah, 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 all the different dating styles. Now I've gotten to the point with really analyzing what works for me through all those trial and errors, as well as taking a very long gap, a long break from dating in general to just focus on me and focus on who I am, what I want, what I'm looking for, mm -hmm. who, what my beliefs are. Like, do I believe in monogamy? Do I believe in these things? I had to like really stop and take a hard look at myself. So having that break, I think is really, is really essential because people don't do that. They think they're entitled to relationships mm -hmm. compared to you kind of have to earn them and work at them for yourself too. Yeah. I mean, that's really interesting because for me, it, I was in an open relationship when we started this podcast. And so it's tough putting that on an app because then there's all these sorts of judgments that come in like just say yeah. in a similar way probably less but like in a similar way you just see people's reactions and like i had to do the same sort of experiments i'm like okay well i'm not going to mention it and then maybe i'll mention it once we i think that was the original plan i had was like i'll wait until we're like a few dates in and then i'll mention by the way i'm in an open relationship and then i was like oh, i don't know maybe i don't want to wait a few dates in yeah you have to, it's trial yeah and, error and you figure out that was tough good for you and so now I got to the point so when I was on tinder last year I was very clear I literally like I had it was very me and a lot of my friends who saw it were just like that is you <laughs> to the T and it was like something along the lines of like you know job title was dominatrix nailed it you know company my own damn company 
on and brand. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. you know, ghetto, goth, weirdo, laughs at my own jokes. Like, very descriptive of me as a person, mm-hmm. but also like professional dominatrix, bicoastal, right. spend my time, you know, right. educating people on kink and sex. Mm-hmm. If you have a question, it's better to ask and not assume. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for free domination, if you're looking for sex, blah, 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 most probably won't happen. So mm-hmm. it's a long profile. Yeah. So like I used up literally <laughs> yeah, yeah, all, all the characters. Wow. characters. <laughs> and was it. very concise about it and, but was very clear, like in yeah. the best possible way of like, this is who I am. You're welcome to ask me about it, but be respectful. Yeah. But here's, me as a person, I had my Instagram attached to it so people could check it out as well. It's not just like a joke job yeah. title that you're putting on yeah, there. So yeah, so it's just very clear. So I got a mix of responses, right? Of course, I got the ones who were just like straight in of like wanting to just talk about sex, about their kinks. And I'm just kind of like, I don't even know your last name or where, you know, like, I don't know anything about you and this is not okay to start off the conversation with just sex. Yeah. You know, just because right. of my job title. as a person. Yeah, yeah, like, do you, if you were a lawyer, would you want me going, hey, I have some law questions and sure. can you answer these and can you give me free law advice and right. blah, blah, blah and like all that OJ, stuff. Huh? Yeah, and like, <laughs> cool. do you really, like, nobody really wants, you know, and so... People forget that in my line of work, they think it's just okay. Well, she works in sex, yeah. so she must want to just, just like talk about your, it all the your, time. Every part of your personality yeah. is just dominated by right. thoughts yeah. of sex, and, and yeah, I'm just like, no, like You're a I fully want... formed human. Yeah, I'm a fully formed complex. <laughs> I also like crocheting. I'm a Leo. <laughs> Ask me about punk rock in the seventies. Yeah, let's watch last week tonight together. <laughs> so it's like. So I had, of course, those. I had people who were looking for basically free domination. And then every once in a while, I'd come across someone who actually just wanted to get to know me. And they thought it was fascinating what I did, but they were like very respectful about it. So I actually went on a bunch of different dates. This time around was actually better in the sense that there was no like horrific ones. Mm-hmm. They, some were boring. We just didn't have chemistry. You know, some were just kind of like, you know, just funny, but nothing like bad happened. There was just like, we just weren't connected as people. Yeah. But there were more people that I actually met that I got along as people and actually am friends with still. So the, one of my last dates was with my, my current partner. So it was really funny because I was going out of town, but also like I was just over it, you know, I was just mm-hmm. done. So he happened to message me and then we had like a little, like very quick back and forth. It was like maybe a day or two days before we actually met up, a day before we met up. And I literally was like, you know, he was like, oh, if you're open to having coffee or whatever, I was like, actually the only time I have is Thursday from 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. and I'll be at this location. And he's like, I'll take it. (laughs) That is the way Dominic tells you. Like it was just really like, it was just really quick and I mean it wasn't like so fun but it was kind of like he wanted to meet up and then I couldn't meet up and then I was like if you're available I'm only available at this time (laughs) and I'm going out of town afterwards so he was like cool I can make that work yeah so it's a nice jump through one hoop for me yeah it's not a big hoop it's just a hoop (laughs) that's all I need jump through one hoop yeah and I'm very a clear forward person so it was just like 
So he ran to actually meet me. Ran? You mean like ran like, like with his legs? Like literally ran because, <laughs> because <laughs> he movie. had a meeting and he was running late and I literally only had an hour. So he... Just imagine man in tie that's like yeah, flowing behind him. <laughs> it was this one. So he ran to... He was only a few blocks away, but he ran because he didn't want to be late. Mm-hmm. So I had my sunglasses on and I kind of was over it. I kind of thought he wasn't going to be cute or interesting so i just like didn't give a shit you were phoning so. it in that day so <laughs> you're like oh whatever <laughs> so he comes in and much cuter but you know than i thought but i totally didn't realize i did this but i totally did and i didn't take off my sunglasses the, the whole time. time oh that's Whoa, a bad move power move that's a, <laughs> yeah. i'm here this is an interview at that point yeah. <laughs> just like... and he was super sweet, and we got along. I would feel like I didn't even earn you taking off your sunglasses. <laughs> that, like, uh. I would leave, and I'd be like, and I'm sorry. And then I'd just go away. That's how it ended. Even and if it was the best date of my life, I'd go home, and I'd be like, it didn't go well. <laughs> <laughs> and he never brought, you know, the dumb stuff. We just talked as people. Cool. And I asked him, what are you doing later tonight? And he goes, hanging out with you. And I was like, good, yeah. Good, good. Cheesy, and, good cheesy. Yeah, yeah. and I was like... <laughs> It just went really well. That's awesome. Yeah. That's the best. It shouldn't be hard. Yeah. Dating yeah. shouldn't you be hard. Lose but there's God, mo- it is. <laughs> there's moments where, of course, later on in relationships, they're going to get hard. Mm-hmm. Sure. But the first part should not be hard. Yeah. It should feel effortless. It's funny because I also met someone the day before, and it was a really good date as well, and it was off Tinder as well, and they both have the same name. No, that's uncomfortable. That's right. <laughs> but good, in some and sense. And so, and they both knew that I was non-monogamous, and they were both open and okay with that. And they, you know, it was very clear. So it was funny because I was dating two people with the same name, you know. You were like golden. You couldn't mess up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> no, and then they knew about each other, and then, you know, as, like, the dating progressed. Does it feel like competing? In a non-monogamous relationship, like two people are competing for you. Well, so this is this is the thing that people have to figure out for themselves, you mm-hmm. know. And it takes a lot of education in that. It takes a lot of understanding what non-monogamy is for you and your relationship. Some people feel the initial feeling of competition because mm-hmm. we are raised in that type of culture and society is that it should be competitive and there's only this one limited thing. Mm-hmm. You have a limited amount of love. There's I can a, only give it to one, one person. person. Yeah. And, but I think that's a very narrow view yeah. of what that is, right? Like, do we have only one friend? Do we only eat one yeah, food? I think... Do we only wear one color? Do we... No. Like, you can and have the capacity to give and love and to have more. There's always more yeah, love. Yeah, there's more. Yeah. yeah, I think... You know, you're not just like, oh, well, there's my quota. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> you best... got all my love today. The best analogy I think I ever heard on it was like, somebody was like, I, I, I don't even know, that they weren't even talking about like non-monogamy, but I thought it applied so well. They were talking about like, like how could I love my child the way I would love my wife? Like, how can I bring something in to my life that I would love as much? Because you think of yourself as having this just finite amount of love. Yeah. But they said it's basically just like opening another door into another room in your heart. And there's like an over, just an infinite amount of love in both rooms. Yeah. And then whenever you have another child, they were like, 
like how can I love this other child the way I love the first child and the way I love my wife yeah. and stuff. You just open another door and your heart just has like another one. There's another room. Yeah, so I always, so I'm a big foodie, so I describe a lot of things in Perfect. food. I describe kink in food. I describe <laughs> everything in food analogies because it's something we all can relate to, right? So monogamy for me is the dish that someone put on the table and said, this is the only thing you're allowed to eat. You're supposed to like it. It's supposed to nourish you. And, and you're eating it and you're like, I'm supposed to like this, but do I kind of like this, mm -hmm. you know? Because you don't think there's anything else on the table or on the menu. And then you look up and you realize there are many other dishes. And there are all these other ways of doing things, right? But when you start to see there is more things on the table and you can mix up the ingredients and you can have bites of it's different very interesting things. Way of putting it. Yeah, and you can kind of create your own thanksgiving plate of whatever <laughs> yeah. then you realize you have much more options you mm -hmm. realize you dictate your own happiness and it's like it's like having a buffet yeah and it's like having that option of like here let's look at all these different stuff and that's how i see relationships and that's sexuality fun. in general that's tucker's really a big monogamy guy and i'm like less of a monogamy guy in terms of i guess concept yeah. I, we tried the open relationship it was tough but I think in, I still believe in the concept. And yeah. so we've had like endless discussions on just like the pros and cons and like what is monogamy, like love that is restricted or is it just love that is pure? I don't, I don't know how you would describe it. I was thinking of sort of like almost like having a like spotlight, I guess. So like you just sort of like it's the spotlight on your partner. Mm -hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong on how you would view this. It's the spotlight on your partner and then everything else just sort of blanks out. You don't really care about mm -hmm. what's outside of the spotlight because you just... Well, that's what I'm saying. In food terms, the same thing. Like, some people are meat and potatoes people. They just yeah. like one thing, and they're fine with that one thing, and that's okay. Yeah. And you have to... It takes a lot of self-reflection of who you are and what your belief systems are, and are they your belief system, or are they somebody else's belief systems that have been shoved down your throat? Mm -hmm. And yeah. I feel neither that a lot one is right that. or wrong, yeah. you know? For those are who are... Tucker, defend monogamy. <laughs> I know you're a big monogamy guy. I think advocate. I think well I think <laughs> I don't the idea of like a spotlight being on one person I think well I don't I don't like to imagine as like all the other spotlights go off or like that you don't see any of the other tables with any yeah. of the other food. It's just for me personally, it's just like I have I only am interested in the food that's in front of me. And if one day I or the food is not interested in me, yeah, then <laughs> <laughs> this is going to get complicated. Like <laughs> you'll, you'll, get, you'll get up and go to another table or right, ask the more waiter so, to bring you a different dish. Yeah, I think monogamy becomes like really, in my experience, monogamy becomes really exhausting and maybe strenuous when you think of it as something that can't end. And if you are like, no, it's like, till death do his part. It's like, that's bad news. At least for me, that's bad news where... So you like serial monogamy. I like being with someone and I like looking at someone and saying like, only you today. And they look at me and it's like, yeah, only you today. And if yeah. one day one of us looks at the other and The say, second you falter, <laughs> well, gone. So <laughs> split out the door. Out. Pack <laughs> of cigarettes, baby, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> no, just like, yeah, if someone is like, okay, not you today anymore. If I'm like, I, you know what, I'm kind of interested in this other person. And it's like, okay, then I don't want to have myself put between two people. I just want to be with one person. Yeah. And so it's being okay with something ending is important, I think to pursuing a happy 
relationship and monogamy is this, it's like you're not having to endure something even though you're feeling feelings for someone else I think it's unrealistic to think you might never feel feelings for another yeah. person again does any part of non-monogamy appeal to you I don't have the emotional capacity open to up give. another door I don't have <laughs> I don't have enough for you my man <laughs> stop telling me you love me. <laughs> and you know and that's okay it's a being as true to yourself as possible and that's really what it's about. Mm -hmm. It's like being open to that evolving, yeah. right? In some capacity, especially as you learn more and experience more. You know, in a lot of ways, our belief systems are kind of like the Santa Claus effect, right? You think one thing until one day somebody right. gives you something else and then mm -hmm. you're like, oh wait, that world is totally changed until another thing, right. until another thing. And it's like, there's no one Right, right way of having it and so my evolution with my relationship has been is like when I started with both these individuals it's very much like open open I am interested in an open relationship but there's I have my own limitations in that like I'm not looking to juggle six seven different people right you know I'm more like maybe two or something like that yeah because open relationship in itself is not like a set thing yeah. everyone has to set their own terms yeah. and figure you out what your you're comfortable terms, with yeah and... and you see what that is for you and your partner and then there's of course like primary partners and so mm -hmm. like my open relationship was three years of a monogamous relationship and then let's explore non-monogamous and then that lasted half a year and then the non-monogamy was almost like a wrecking ball that crashed through the house <laughs> which was a little less than ideal but it was still like an experiment that we both thought we should try yeah. Because sometimes, I don't know, like, I don't know how to fit it with the analogy of a house <laughs> <laughs> or a restaurant. <laughs> but like, yeah, sometimes it's, it's like you, you just need to try it because it's, it's in your mind and you're just like, I need to explore this, this thing, this concept. Because we both had spent so long like reading up about non-monogamy and stuff. Yeah. And it just makes so much sense on like a human scale of like how your brain is wired and just the way society has evolved over the years. It's just everything about it is just so, it just feels like right. But then it, as you said, it's about what's right for you. Yeah. Because just because like this is how the brain chemistry functions or this is how like society has evolved over time, that doesn't mean that you still want to do it. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that it might even mean kind of how you were saying about how uh, you might be in a relationship with someone and then it takes them a long time to realize they're not cool with an aspect of it. It can, it can still take a while to figure out that I thought I was cool with this and I'm not. Yeah. I'm, I, yeah. And so that's, it's so complicated. Yeah, it's complicated. Monogamy, hey, monogamy is easy. That's relationship on easy mode. No, you know, it's not. It's, it's just like, it's, it's all really complex, right? You yeah, have yeah, to do it's a all lot very yeah. self-reflection. That's where yeah. it first starts is you got to figure out who you are as a person, what you, how you communicate, what you give, what you want, what your love language mm -hmm. is like. And so you have to do a lot of self-reflection and then... You also have to understand that you're only part of the equation in the sense that when you bring another party in, you may be, you may have self-analyzed, did all the things you need, did all the internal work. Checked all the boxes. Yeah, did all that stuff, being a good partner. But if that other person doesn't hold up their side, right. you can't blame yourself because mm -hmm. it's also about findings. And there's a little bit of luck in that, too, yeah. finding the right person. Um, but you also can't think that the right person is going to fix all your shit. 
either. So yeah. I guess yeah. I see that where people are like, this person's oh, yeah. going to fix all my problems. Yeah, yeah. I'm we're, like, yeah, we're, no. we're raised with that whole, that thing of like, you need to find your other half. And it's like, you have to be a whole. You have yeah. to be a whole human and another yeah. whole human and you agree to go Cut with each other. To, yeah. <laughs> it's like you become a Venn diagram. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and it's, but you know, it's kind of like parts of a bigger thing, but those parts have to play their roles, you mm-hmm. know, and you know, you are coming together to make this thing called a relationship work, but you can't expect one part to work and your part not to work and yeah. think that that engine is going to keep moving. Yeah. You know? yeah. With my current partner, we've kind of have had these evolutions of like, for example, we have a fight safe word and our fight safe word we brought up because and a lot of people understand this, like sometimes you get drunk and sometimes you get into stupid arguments. Sure. Never. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't mean anything, right? And so they we mean just everything. Yeah, and so we decided because we're both kind of really good drunks where it doesn't seem like we're drunk, but we're actually oh, really yeah. drunk. That's the most dangerous. So which is a problem because other people don't think you're drunk, so they think you know what you're talking mm-hmm. about, and then you think you know what you're talking about. <laughs> you're like, I'm but really we're smart. Yeah. <laughs> But it's not that. So we kind of created this safe word because we are both those people that we would get into these arguments that and be like, this argument is really idea. valid. So valid. And then the next morning going, what nope. the fuck were we even talking about? <laughs> like, oh my God, I can't believe we got into this big thing that turned into this whole thing. And it was all bullshit, right? Yeah, of course. So now when we recognize one of us doing that, we call bananas. Love it. And it makes Amazing. us laugh. Yeah. And so like... It's happened where I've gotten into an argument with him while drunk, and he recognized it, and he was just like, bananas, babies, bananas! And I just started laughing. (laughs) (laughs) What if you disagree? What if you're like, no, this is not a banana situation? Yeah, and I did that, and (laughs) I did that at one point where I was like, this is not a banana situation. And sometimes you just have to be adamant of saying, this is a banana situation because sometimes <laughs> you need that kind of to be like, okay, this is a banana situation. And it's trial and error, right? And it wasn't helping us get through, but we recognize possible problem and put in something in place to help us get through that if it becomes bigger. Yeah. And then have learned to manage That's that smart. over time, right? Tucker, we're going to use plantain. Okay. <laughs> I disagree. Right. I've got some yeah. lighter fare I want to ask. Go ahead. Okay. Do you send the first message on Tinder, or do you, or do you tend it's to wait? Fifty-fifty. Fifty-fifty. Yeah. That's high. I feel like. What yeah. do you usually send? Well, it's fifty-fifty because I find that a lot of people message me really quickly. Yeah. I will, I'm actually a very considerate person, so I will. I like people who have something written on their profile. If you don't, it's really hard for me to. There's nothing to work with. Yeah. There's nothing right? to work with. Yeah. And so I'll usually kind of make some sort of like comment or joke about something yeah. that is on That's there. all you need. I tend to be really like kind of cheeky, so I kind of poke at people's buttons Cool. Sometimes. That's good. That's good. So I'm very sarcastic, so I'll do that. That's good. Yeah. How do you feel about someone just sending you hey? Just I, hey. Depends on my mood. I think hey is really annoying. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> and... <laughs> Sometimes I'll write back. That doesn't really help, you know. Like, yeah. You know, right. or, you know. I'll, and if they can, if they can banter with me after that, after me giving them kind of like a sarcastic, like they might be able to get themselves mm-hmm. back out of that hole. Good for yeah. you for being willing to to come back out of the hole. I feel like on yeah. Bumble, I like I just play the game of like no. If you say hey, I'm gonna say hey. 
and then your move. <laughs> I did have a person who like sent like a little wave emoji at me, and so all I did was just send a little wave emoji back. Yeah. And then that was basically the end of the conversation because yeah. at that point she was like, "No, nah, I'm not doing this." It's like, well, all right. it is annoying <laughs> when people do that. Like, come on, give. put a little. Give effort. me anything. Like yeah. anything. Anything. Yeah, and I think. Hey, what's up? I'm starting to come around on hey. But like we just were railing against hey. I know, but, but like the thing is, you shouldn't. It's like finding the the clues of what type of person someone is. Yeah. Like I'm not a hey person, so am I really gonna appreciate someone who's a hey person? No. no. I love that there are two types of people in the world. There are hey people, and, and there are no, there are good people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you might. Have I'm trying to be more tolerant of it. Yeah, That's you, why it's been on my no, mind. That's not. You. I realize. There's only a certain amount of tolerance you can get. Do not become too tolerant because yeah. then you're actually just going against yourself. And I don't see it as, oh, well, they might have been a great person. I'm like, who no. gives a fuck? They right? might be a great everybody. But, it's you okay know, I've got time with that. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to see it from other people's perspectives. No. You know? oh, like, no. well, I just, you're, listen, uh, man, it was, it was after I listened to that, we listened, I listened to this one episode of this podcast, like DTR, it's like the official like, Tinder podcast, and they had someone on who was like, pro hey and they're explaining why they're pro hey and they're like it's the, just the most honest thing you can say to someone when you're meeting in this environment and i was like no. you make a fair point Disagree. like because like you don't want to put in and then we had uh your ex on no, who mentioned that like listen profile. don't put in so much effort that like it's just weird to put in that much effort it's like a side question how do you feel about super likes i don't ever fully notice them because i didn't actually realize oh. that was a thing Oh, because so it's just like a little blue hue. You don't yeah, necessarily so notice. I, I'm really not the best tech-savvy tech person ever. That's all right. <laughs> like, my friends always laugh at me. Like, I don't use the cloud. I go, I can't the see cloud? it. Yeah, I can't see it. I don't like it. I don't it. know what the cloud is either. <laughs> Anyone who just says, I don't use the cloud, as though it's just this thing I, that exists yes. out there. No. I've, I've pegged you. I, I have you. a cloud mm-hmm. emoji on the top of my laptop right now. And I say emoji... Because I don't know the right word. It's an icon. Icon. <laughs> and I don't know what it means. That's, Status icon. That's what I'm saying. Like, I <laughs> I give all my tech stuff to my friend, and I go, make them talk to mm-hmm. each other. Yeah, correct. And he's just like, how? How is this possible? <laughs> and so apps and, like, dating apps, yeah. there's always these things, I right? Know. And I'm just like, I don't know. I don't right? know. Right? So I can't really give an opinion because I don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> which, which one's your least favorite? App. Yeah. Is it Bumble? Because for us, I think it's Bumble. I tried Bumble <laughs> once, but it's been a while. Uh-huh. You know, OkCupid is one of those things where it's just like too much work. How many questions do you answer on OkCupid? I don't remember. Like, I think I actually gave up on my profile mm-hmm. because I was yeah, like, I'm so exhausted. Much. There are, <laughs> as far as I can tell, infinite questions yeah, on OkCupid. Yeah, so I don't think I actually ever fully filled oh, out my OkCupid okay because I got really exhausted and I was like yeah. I, I can't well, some you, of it's you like, can't fill out an OkCupid profile in like a day that's not like oh I'm gonna just take an afternoon and fill out my OkCupid profile that's like an on. it's like learning a religion it's like it's an ongoing process yeah. you'll never be complete I mean, the questions are insane it's like do trees sin and I'm like I don't know <laughs> no. dude you learn so much about not only other people but about yourself answering those questions they ask so many like kink type questions on there too my partner uh my uh business partner found her partner through okcupid and through them having like a lot of 
like I guess the percentage match and they've been together mm-hmm. for five years so I actually know a lot of people who've had very long yeah, so term relationships okay, keep from OkCupid okay, yeah. I do have a strategy oh. for keeping a lot of my dating organized so I'm a very efficient person so I like to like I would line up my dates like all in one day I'd be like boom 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 and just like get it all oh done. so you, nice. you line up like five people in a day yeah Wow. Wow. And, and you just I got would, date day. Yeah. And then I just like prioritize them. How to much coffee people. can one person drink? I don't drink coffee. So, <laughs> I, so none. So <laughs> I prioritize them of like the people later in the night are people like that I feel like I have a better connection with and that oh. I'm willing to give a little more time or possibly it becomes something else. <laughs> So, so you know if you're booked early in the day, you got to really game. <laughs> now you know, yeah. but people did not know that. Wow. Right? <laughs> and I would, so I would always screenshot their photo and uh-huh. their their profile and save their number in my uh, in my phone. So it would be a parentheses like let's say I was using Tinder, so I'd be parentheses T. Their first name oh, and cool. their photo, their photo yeah. on there, and their you know. So I very so when they would yeah, text, I do this, I do a similar. I yeah, do like a so fire emoji for Tinder, Bumblebee for for Bumble, yeah. etc. So you know where you saw them, and then I have a facial <laughs> uh-huh. re- you know recognition because it'd be like their their name would come up when they texted, mm. and so that was the way of like keeping them. Organized and who they are. Because a lot of people organizing have the same people. Name. <laughs> no, at all. We organize people all the time. That's I wish I had enough people do. to organize. Businesses are all about organizing people. That's right? true. <laughs> yeah, but you I don't know if do people this. organize people too often. <laughs> you, You're in the wrong business, Doctor. In business is run in by successful person. business. I don't see a negative. I love that efficiency, though. It just feels. It's just what a, what an age we live in. Where we're like tagging people in our phones and like classifying them. Okay, this is where I met this person. Mm. This is where I met this person. Oh, and I'm like gonna that. line them all. <laughs> I'm gonna line them all up in one day and just carousel my way through. <laughs> I think that's very. I mean, it's very efficient. It is the culmination of like of of this age of apps. And actually, the most efficient thing I usually do is I always invite first date people. Sometimes, if I'm hanging out with groups of friends, I'll just invite them. I'd be like, hey, I'm gonna be with. Some friends. See how they can integrate with your friends, yeah. Because then it kills two birds with one stone in the sense that my friends are very important to me. Like, if you can't get along with my friends, then you're not going to survive. If you want to be my lover, you got to get with my friends. (laughs) Yeah. And also, (laughs) less likely to get murdered when you're with all your friends. (laughs) I don't remember that lyric. And also... That's that's a (laughs) B-side. Are you good with meeting parents? Yeah. Parents love me. What about the moment when you have to explain like what you do and stuff? And they're like, oh, oh what do you do? I have a whole thing on that. Parents love the shit out of me because <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I have to be so good to like my traditional Vietnamese mother who's so hard to please, oh, right. right? So like anybody who's not one of those moms, a tiger mom, is like piece of cake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My strategy always just make fun of the kid parents love making fun of their kids and i just i just yeah let's make fun of your kid together and then they love that likes to make fun of me but she doesn't like when other people make fun of me Mm -hmm. Ooh, i would back (laughs) you know what i mean because then she becomes becomes protective yeah she's just like this is not a good person for you they don't appreciate who you are you're you know so it's one of those things it's like you can't that's 
her game. Yeah. Yeah, dating as a sex worker and a dominatrix is always can be an interesting. I mean, there's uh, there's been a lot of really funny like people who do shit like that. I gotta imagine it's you know getting into arguments with me like on the first date. You know, like going on the date with me, knowing I'm a, a sex Being worker like, and a pro dom, and then getting into an argument with me about, about the ethics of it, or yeah, something. or all this stuff, and then I'm Ooh, just yeah. kind of like, what do you think? You know, you work in finance, you Maybe, fuck over people every yeah. goddamn day. You work for I'm... Wells Fargo, Kim, okay? <laughs> Wells Fargo. <laughs> you don't need to criticize me. <laughs> and so, like, just stuff like that, where I'm just like. That's a great screening process, though. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't want to take up too much more of your yeah. time. Thanks so much for being on. Do you have... Uh, where can people find you? Plug, plug Whatever you want to plug. Uh, yeah. Whatever yeah. I want to plug. Okay. Not whatever. So, <laughs> um, you can find me. All my social media is under Lucy Sweetkill, um, spelled exactly sweet kill <laughs> together. <laughs> My website is Lucy Sweetkill. My other company is La Maison de Rouge, which is spelled L A space M A I S O N space D U. Because some people will put it all together. No, absolutely. You space. just are listeners. You, yeah, you looked tortured when you opened your eyes. Space R O U G E. So um, it translates to French, everyone. The House of Red, which has a lot of different meanings, but um, which is all connected to my social media. So Lucy Sweetkill is pretty easy to find. Cool. Yeah. Then you can find us. Um, I'm Mr. Thomasella. Tucker, your Tucker wins. Mm-hmm. We're Undesirables Pod on Twitter, and send us your hate mail to the Undesirables Podcast at gmail dot com. Yeah. Haven't had to do this in a little bit. <laughs> trying to remember all our outro things. And uh, remember to smash that sick old subscribe button at the top of whatever app you're using right now. Yeah. And uh, that'll do it. Yeah. Thank you so much. This was like a yeah. lot of fun. Thank you for having me. Yeah. This was the educational experience I needed. Yeah. yeah. I hope We learned so. a lot about you. And you're a bratty bottom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bratty so glad. Those are sponge bottles, right? Yeah. Yeah. Plantain. <laughs>